we're rolling. Uh, hello, guys. Today I am joined. Was <laughs> he by or with? Joined by. Joined, joined by joined by today, joined by <laughs> today i am joined by the very lovely mary isaac cargill mary isaac graduated uva in the class of 2021 she majored in psychology and english with a concentration in modern and global studies starting this fall she will be attending montclair state university for her phd in clinical psychology and for anyone who's not like familiar with the phd process getting into a phd program right after college is insane like so crazy like so she is super smart gonna be an amazing clinical psychologist she also has like seven years of school it's five let's not get crazy it's five <laughs> oh my gosh um but mary isaac was my co-facilitator for our who's connected group this past semester Love her, love our group so much. Best experience ever. But I also blame her for having such high expectations of facilitators now because I'm like, how how do you go up from this? <laughs> Mary Isaac has just given me confidence in being a facilitator. But yes, she is the best. She's amazing. She is a queen. So welcome, Mary Isaac. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for being here. You guys will see in the video portion of this, but she is just way outdressing me right now. She's got like a nice little blouse on, some hoops. I literally woke up from a nap <laughs> wearing the same thing I wore for the interview I did before my nap. <laughs> so we're doing and you good. look great. It's uh, still, it's a serve, yeah. Thank you. My mouth is like slightly less crooked now, so. Progress. Not to flex, but I have a symmetrical mouth, same as you, so we're doing good. Um, <laughs> yes, Mary Isaac, so thank you so much for coming on and just tell us your story. Yeah, so for my story of carrying on, I feel like I actually have to give you like a pretty decent amount of backstory. So if you'll bear with me for that, I promise it'll be worth it in the end. Um, but I was born and raised in like a pretty small town in Southwest Virginia that most people have not heard of. It's called Benton. Props to you if you have heard of it. Uh, <laughs> mostly if you're not from Benton, you probably haven't heard of it. And that's like totally fine with us. Um, but I think my small town and hometown, like really embodies a lot of the things and the features that people think of when they think of a small town. Um, probably the most prominent for me is like a really tight knit community bond. And that's definitely been my experience growing up here. Like I've lived on this street, I'm in my hometown now. So I've lived on this street for my entire life. Like we moved once and the big dramatic move is that we moved two doors down from where we lived previously. <laughs> so like when you live 18 years of your life in one place, you really get to know the people around you. And my neighbors became like family to me. Um, and two, in particular, the people I live next door to from the time we made that move when I was like two until I left for college. So like give or take 16 years, I lived next to a couple called Mr. and Mrs. Sowers, who I love so, so much and who have played such an important part in my life and in who I am as a person um, and who I'm so super grateful to for their role. Um, our backyards um, run right into each other. Like there's no fence or anything in between them. So I spent a lot of time playing in their backyard when I was little. Mm -hmm. um, and they were really just like another set of grandparents to me. Like they were so super special. Um, and I have a lot of memories of like, 
eating little vegetables out of their backyard garden because Mr. Sowers is an amazing gardener, like just such a green thumb and such Mm -hmm. an amazing talent. Like I swear the man could like plant a piece of paper and the collective works of William (laughs) would shoot up. Like it's, (laughs) it's incredible. I don't know how he does it, but it's great. So I always had just like a buffet in their backyard of like cherry tomatoes and blackberries and all of these things that he would plant. Um, like particularly because he knew I loved them and that's just the kind of person that he is. Um, I also remember spending a lot of time, like hours and hours on my swing set in our backyard that faced into theirs. And he was often at their old work shed out there and we would talk for hours. I have no idea about what I don't remember. And I don't know what a six-year-old and like a very (laughs) grown man have to talk about, but he could talk to anybody. Like that's probably the thing he could do better than gardening is to just chat. Like the man's never met a stranger, like Mm -hmm. meet somebody five minutes later, they're talking like they've known each other and like they're old friends. It's incredible to witness. Mm -hmm. Um, and just like talking and laughing with people. And that's what I grew up around. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, that relationship really was so special and continued for the entire time that I lived here until I moved to Charlottesville. And even then it didn't really stop. I mean, it just sort of changed. I think anybody who is in college or who has been to college knows that it's somewhat difficult to maintain the relationships from home once you're away at school. Um, So even though I wasn't seeing him every day and I wasn't living right next door to him, it was still such a super special relationship that every break from college, every time I was home, it had to include a visit. And mm-hmm. it was still hours and hours long. Like it was never a short visit mm-hmm. to go see them. I had gotten kind of used to that being our new relationship and having grown and that relationship having evolved. Um, and then my first semester of my second year, I got a call from home uh, from my parents and I answered the phone. And my mom said, honey, I need you to sit down, which is just immediately never a good sign at all. Um, And in that moment, she told me that Mr. Sowers had passed away, which is not something that I really ever expected to hear, which I think sounds really naive. Um, But honestly, until that moment, until I heard those words, I had never considered the possibility of him being gone. Um, He was just so unlike most people in a hundred ways. And so I never considered the fact that like one day he just wouldn't be there. He'd been such a constant presence in my life. Um, so that really, really shook me. Um, it was also my first experience where I wasn't home when I had lost someone. Um, I I'd lost a few people before, like my mom's mother passed away when I was in elementary school and my mom's father passed away when I was in high school. And I'd been home for both of those things. And I had been around people who were also feeling that loss. And that, that just makes it different, I think. And I had never realized, but as my first time where it was a phone call and eventually you have to hang up the phone and you have to go back to what you were doing and you have to interact with people who don't know and who don't understand that your world is like crumbling around you in that Mm -hmm. moment. Um, so that was, that was sort of a first time experience for me and definitely not an enjoyable one, but Mm -hmm. you get through it and you do eventually hang up the phone and you do go on with your day. And I went back to my apartment that night and tried 
very unsuccessfully to get any sleep. And the next day called my parents and said, I need you to come get me because I, I cannot be here anymore. And I cannot be the only one who's feeling this right now. Um, and so they did, and I'm so incredibly grateful that they did. Um, and we were actually, they were headed out of town. So they, they took me with them as they were going out of town. We didn't immediately go back to my hometown. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we got where we were headed, there was still this really heavy feeling between the three of us. Um, more so than I would have expected. Like it was more than just, oh, we're all grieving for this person that we all really love. Like there's something else Mm -hmm. to this. Um, And my parents, once again, sat me down, um, had another piece of news. And that was when they told me that Mr. Sowers had died by suicide, Um, which is not easier to say now or to hear now than it was two and a half years ago. I mean, it still takes my breath away to try and just even say that out loud. Um, And I mean, I think it really floored me and just like shattered me in a way that I was so unprepared for. It felt like adding insult to injury almost Um, not only that he was gone, but that he was gone in that way. And I felt so incredibly guilty immediately for not having known that he was suffering. Um, Cause it's one thing to not know that someone's going to pass away. I think that's one experience and it's a difficult one. Um, but it's another thing to not know that someone that you love so deeply is struggling so profoundly. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, that was even more difficult, I think, to hear than the fact that he was gone. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we loved each other through that moment and kind of lived with that weight and eventually did come back home in time for his funeral. Um, and I have a distinct memory of turning onto my street, which I've done hundreds or thousands of times before, and just absolutely breaking down because it wasn't the same place Mm -hmm. and everything looked the same, but nothing felt the same. And it was the first time in my life that I did not recognize my home. And it was, it was horrible. And I think that's when I first really began to realize that I was grieving for the first time. Mm -hmm. Like I, I thought that I had grieved before um, when I'd lost both of my mom's parents, but in hindsight, it wasn't really grief because we weren't all that close. And so what I was assuming was grief was actually more of this like really profound empathy for my mom and for my aunts and my uncles and the people who were really, really close to them. And I mistook that for empathy or I mistook that for grief because I had nothing to compare it against. Um, And so I always thought that I was, it sounds weird to say, I thought I was good at grieving Cause I didn't like shake me to my core and I could kind of just like go on with my day. Um, and I'm, I'm not good at grieving. And I don't know that that's something that uh, anyone should ever aspire to be. Um, but that really, that really cleared it up for me. I am definitely not good at grieving because it, it really wiped me out. I mean, it just washed over me like a wave. And there were times when I felt like I just couldn't even breathe just from the weight of what that grief felt like. Um, and that I think got 
worse as time went on. And as we did like come back to my hometown and we did have to go to the funeral Mm -hmm. and I was feeling worse with each passing day, um, to the point that on the day of the funeral, I had come to the decision that after the service was over, I was going to have a conversation with my parents and I was going to tell them that I wasn't going back to school and that I didn't feel like I could. And I didn't feel like it was important. Um, like my whole worldview had just been shifted and I didn't see how it could be important to go back to school and make that my everything that it had been. Um, and I also just didn't feel like I had it in me to like go back to classes and tests and clubs and friends and like, just go back to my life the way it was when my life was forever changed. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I had made the decision that that was a conversation we were going to have. And I don't, I don't know that I've ever actually said that out loud, that that was a conversation that I was planning on having with them. So mm-hmm. surprise, I guess, <laughs> but um, we, we went to the service and I did very much have that in the back of my mind, in addition to just being so emotionally exhausted when entering that space. Um, And before the service started, one of Mr. Sauer's grandsons sought me out, came up to me, knowing very much what that relationship was to me. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was odd. It was like, he knew what I was thinking. Uh, And he said something to me that has never left me. He said, my grandfather was so proud of you for being at UVA. He loved nothing more than to tell people that you were at UVA and all of the amazing things that you were up to. Mm -hmm. And the best way that you can honor him and honor his memory is to go back to school and keep doing what you're doing. Mm. And that was it. And I never had the conversation with my parents. Mm -hmm. We got through the service. And a couple of days later, I went back to Charlottesville Mm -hmm. and it still didn't seem important. And I still wasn't sure that I could do it. And so I didn't go back for me. I went back for him because I couldn't go back for me. Um, But I kept at it because he wanted me to. And even though he wasn't there anymore, that didn't mean that he wasn't still motivating me. And I could still feel him and feel his presence in my life every time that I felt like I didn't want to be there anymore and I didn't want to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. Those words would come back to me. And that's what kept me going for so long. Um, and that's such, he's such an important person to me even now. I mean, he's been gone a couple of years, but I can think back on him now and I can tell stories about him now and I can remember him now without having that same grief, um, or at least without outwardly breaking down and crying, which wasn't always the case. Yeah. Um, I think, I think a lot of times when people talk about grief, they like to say like, oh, it gets easier with time or it gets better with time. And I don't, I don't know if I believe that necessarily. I don't know if I'm quite that optimistic mm-hmm. about it. Um, because at least for me, at least at this point, it hasn't gotten easier. I've just made space in my life for my grief. Mm-hmm. Um, because while I can talk about him without crying, there's still not a day that goes by where I don't think about him and miss him and love him and still feel that 
pang every time that I do think about him. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know if that's ever going to go away. And I'm also not sure that I ever want it to go away necessarily. Um, if, if the options are missing him or forgetting him, then absolutely. I will miss him until the day that I die. There's mm-hmm. absolutely no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, and he, he's still shaping me. I mean, I think all the time about all of the lessons that he taught me um, hundreds of them. He taught me that I should never buy organic produce because <laughs> um, it just means they're sprayed with shit. <laughs> so there's a fun little tidbit for you. He's not wrong. Love it. <laughs> um, He's still spreading his wisdom. <laughs> he is. He is. He's out here enlightening the masses. <laughs> um, you know, he taught me so many raunchy jokes that were incredibly age inappropriate, but I love <laughs> so much. Those are your conversations um, as a six-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what they were filled with. My parents were not always super excited about it, but I loved it so much. Um, and I think, you know, he taught me so many things. He taught me how to make a friend out of a stranger and how to live your life in a way that like you make other people want to do better just because they know you. Mm-hmm that's what he did for me. And if I can do that for another person, then no matter what else happens, my life has been successful in my book. Mm -hmm. Um, But the last lesson he taught me was by far the most important. And that's just that you never know what someone's going through. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that sounds really trite to people who haven't had that kind of experience, but it's true. I mean, He was the most lively and energetic and vibrant person that I have ever known. And yet he had these struggles and this darkness Mm -hmm. and I had no idea. And that's true for a lot of people. Um, So just be kind, be radically kind to people and extend grace to them when you can. And Mm -hmm. absolutely take every opportunity that you can to tell people how much they mean to you. because the day will come that you don't have that opportunity anymore. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was his last lesson to me. And it was his greatest lesson. And I wish more than anything that I could have learned it a different way and that I could have that deep and true knowledge and could also still have him here. Mm-hmm. Um, and for reasons that I am not privy to, that wasn't the plan. And so I have to, find solace in the fact that he did leave me with that wisdom. Um, and that I carry that into all of my relationships, whether that's with friends and family, whether that's with strangers on the street, um, whoever it is. And I know that when I start seeing clients in the future, it will absolutely color how I interact with them. And the kind of, the kind of person that I want to be in general has been so colored by this man. Um, And yeah, I think when I think back on that really, especially dark time in my life, when it was so fresh and so new and that grief did feel so crushing, it was still him that made me be able to carry on and continue with what I was doing um, because I couldn't do it for me, but it was his love and his faith and his pride in me that made me be able to keep going um, in addition to the love of my family and friends who were really supportive during that time. And I'm, I'm so grateful to him for that. That was such a gift. Um, and I know that my life would look very different now mm-hmm. uh, 
if I had not known him. My mom always likes to say that she can't imagine having lived her life without having met him and having known him. Mm -hmm. And I think that really sums it up best. I cannot imagine my life without Mr. Sowers. Um, I wouldn't be the person I am today without him. And wherever he is now, I'm so grateful to him and I love him so much. And I choose to believe that he does still know that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And he is so proud of you right now for getting into grad school. He's going to be like, <laughs> and just watching you through that journey is going to be amazing for him. And also for you, like knowing that you might have not ended up in grad school next year if it wasn't for the fact that, you know, you still finished your three years of school um, mm-hmm. for him because that's what he would want for you. And it's so interesting that you say that he's someone who, could make a friend out of anyone and he was just so personable in that way because that's like a, exactly what I think of of you oh. like the first time that we zoomed like to meet each other um before the spring semester started I was just like I just like feel so comfortable with this person oh. like I think that's what makes you such a good facility good good great <laughs> I'm like this is what makes you such an average facilitator <laughs> <laughs> that's so sweet though that's that's like the best compliment I've ever gotten really thank you yeah I mean you really just make everyone feel so at home and so comfortable like in the group and just like in every everyday life like that's the kind of person you are it's what's gonna make you a great therapist Uh, you're gonna be Mr. (laughs) Sowers for somebody and what really stuck out to me was how you were talking about grief and I agree like I never believed people when they're like oh like grief gets better I'm like it it doesn't get better like Mm -hmm. for me like I lost my aunt three years ago Mm -hmm. and it's still it's still hard like we still don't really talk about her that much in my family and it wasn't until like last year that I was able to like start like telling people about her because every time I'd be like my aunt I'd be like "Uh." (laughs) yeah hard yeah and then my grandpa, his one year anniversary of him passing is tomorrow. And even after a year, still hard. Mm-hmm. So, but like I, what you were saying, like, I'd rather miss them than forget them. Like, I hope I always have that little pang when I think of them, because that's just the impact that they had on me. Yeah. And like, I think that's the most wonderful thing. I think that with anyone who loses a loved one, you always wish that you had more time with them, but yeah. that just shows you how good your time spent with them was Mm -hmm. I think when you have someone who dies by suicide though it's especially hard with the guilt and you always think like you think there's something that you could have done and even though there really is nothing that you can do I'm like hoping since the conversation about mental health is you know becoming more open and more people are talking about mental health especially like with like big people like Simone Biles and Naomi Osaka talking about mental health, like in like the general media and like to like the public, I'm hoping that more people will start being able to talk to that about the people in their life who they love and who they trust and are able to like seek support when they need it. But mm-hmm. it's still really hard. And like, I don't know how you tell someone that, you know, you don't want to be alive anymore. Um So thank you again for sharing that. Absolutely. A lot of people can learn from that story, whether they're dealing with grief right now or if they, 
in particular to you losing a loved one or losing a loved one by suicide but you learn to you learn to cope with it and that's I think that's one of the more important takeaways if I had any was like yeah I don't I don't know that I believe grief gets easier but I do believe that humans learn how to cope with it yeah and that looks different for every single person but yeah we're resilient and we know how to carry on with our lives that looks vastly different for each situation I know humans are incredibly resilient Mm -hmm. it's crazy because I remember like when like my aunt like just passed away I was like there is literally no way that I'm ever gonna get past this I'm never gonna be able to talk about this like I like what's the point if like she's not here and stuff but Mm -hmm. you know we're still kicking three years later. <laughs> oh. We're still here. We're able to talk about her. So mm-hmm. you do, if you have a like strong support network and you let yourself lean on people around you, then you can get through it and mm-hmm. you know, you'll come out on the other side. Yeah. And if you're anything like you, you make something really beautiful out of it. <laughs> we love it. <laughs> I'm like, but no income from her brand. <laughs> I'm yeah, like, you can yeah. make something out of it, but stay in something your Something else. Something different. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, yeah. So thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. It's really nice to be able to share that journey and that experience with other people. Yeah, definitely. So I thought that our 30 minutes are already up. That flew by, but... Really appreciate you. Best yeah. facilitator, best person in general, <laughs> going to be the best therapist. So guys, you're just see like your kids, your kids will be able to see yours. Yes. In the Look me up in five-ish years. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's insane. Well, can't wait to see you through grad school. That's going to be so crazy. Thank you. Thank you again for having me. I really enjoyed coming yeah. on. Thank you so much. If you guys are still listening, make sure to BYOB next week or the next time I post an episode. We don't know when it'll be. It'll be a surprise <laughs> to everyone. <laughs> okay, bye.